It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Harson is gone, and Carnell Williams has been named the interim. Go crazy, Cadillac. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me for the second day in a row, Lindsey Crosby, writer at AuburnDaily.com. He also hosts Locked On MLB Prospects. Our first show together post Brian Harson because he has been fired and is no longer the head coach for Auburn. But interim head coach Cadillac Williams will be taking over, which has really just ignited the fan base. I mean, Monday, what a day for the Auburn fan base, Lindsey Crosby. Yeah, it's uh, people have been asking for this now since the Penn State game. I mean, they've been saying, like, pull the plug, we're done. And it just kept getting drug out and drug out. And we assumed into the season, I think we had all kind of given up hope that it was going to happen midseason. And I'm choosing to think that as soon as they figured out this is the athletic director, we know who's going to lead the search, we're comfortable pulling the plug. And that's why Monday morning, as Justin Hokinson's driving to go meet with Brian Harson, boom, Harson, like the, the assistants are out at lunch, apparently. And while they're out at lunch, Harson gets fired. There's a moving truck rolls up to the football yeah. offices and everything. Yeah, and it sounds like there was a, a team meeting at three, and I think that's kind of when everybody was, um, everybody was kind of made privy to the information that that Cadillac would be the interim head coach the rest of the way. And it sounds like there's a lot of energy, right? I mean, everybody remembers Cadillac Williams uh, outside of Auburn folks. So I, mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal, man. If John Cohen, the new athletics director, had anything, anything to do with all the stuff that happened Monday. What an outstanding start for his tenure. What a debut. I mean, may, for all we know, maybe the only holdup on getting the thing officially done was Harson still being here. He said, listen, don't make me fire that guy. Do it yourself. I'll come in and fix everything. I mean, who, who knows? Maybe he said, let that be my first official decision. I don't care. But if those things are connected, then you got to feel good about the start of John Cohen's tenure. Yeah, I mean, uh, so far I'm sold. We'll see what happens. And then a report comes out, Lindsay. Uh, Brandon Marcello of 247 Sports. We kind of broke it down a little bit at AuburnDaily.com as well. But it sounds like, per reports, his first target to be Auburn's head coach, Lane Kiffin of Ole Miss. Obviously, Cohen knows um, him, just kind of the landscape of, of Mississippi, right? He played against him, or I guess was against him. Um in the egg bowl. And so he knows what he's capable of. And man, uh, just the, the value that Lane Kiffin would bring to the transfer portal is, um, is interesting because Auburn's going to need some umph there. So if Cohen comes in and if he, he was part of the firing of Brian Harson and then the, the temporary promotion of Cadillac Williams, and then he's already eyeing Lane Kiffin, like what else do we want this guy to do? Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, like the only thing I guess I can think of is, you know, announce some pretty awesome facilities upgrades almost immediately. And if you do that, you would have done literally everything Auburn fans wanted. 
would have gotten rid of Brian Harson. You would have brought in a great coach. You would have built some new facilities. Maybe he's going to tear down Beard Eves on his first day. Press conference is outside. He has a sledgehammer. He's like, let's go. I don't know. But just a great start for John Cohen. If this is in fact, if this is in fact John Cohen's doing. Yeah. And if not, I mean, props to you know President Roberts for, for kind of paving the way with all this because he was starting to kind of get some folks saying some things about him, right? I mean, it, it, the AD situation was taking a little bit longer than a lot of people thought, but it seems like we're hitting the ground running now. I mean, we just got news after news after news tidbits coming um coming left and right so we'll see uh we'll see what happens there but as far as brian harston's tenure ending at auburn Lindsay, you're seeing more and more recruiting beat writers folks that cover auburn recruiting just empty the notebook just empty the bag with point after point and story after story of things that brian harston just didn't do or didn't show up to or didn't do correctly and it's kind of just more proof and supporting the storyline that Brian Harson. I'm not going to say he was a bad recruiter. I just don't think he wanted to do it. I'll say he was a disengaged recruiter. And if you like the way a lot of these stories read, it very much feels like, and I'm going to single out Keith, Ner- Keith Niebuhr, because uh, I read his and thought this, it stood out there. It very much feels like this has been a running document that something happened. They would just go put a new bullet point in, put the new story in, close it and save it and go back about their day. And they had just been adding up these stories over weeks and months. And now, you know, almost two years mm-hmm. of Brian Harson about just all of the things he didn't bother to do. And like you said, he just didn't want to have to put the work in for recruiting, which again in Boise is fine there are schools in the country where you can get away with that and you are fine in the SEC and specifically when your two biggest rivals are the two best recruiting schools in the country and you are geographically between the two of them and guaranteed to play them both every year you can't do that and I think part of the reason why the two biggest names you're hearing for the job Elaine Kiffin and Deion Sanders are because those are guys who are known to be good recruiters and enthusiastic recruiters who want to get out and, and do the work, build the connections, yeah. bring the talent to compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias. Yeah. And we'll see if they're able to do it because timing of this next hire is crucial, right? I mean, this roster is about to be decimated, right? And it's already not great. Let's just be extremely honest here, but the bright spots for the most part, of course, I think the receiving core is going to be fine no matter what you do, but, Really, every other position group, with the exception of maybe defensive back, um, you're you're gonna need help at and running back. Running back will be fine, and maybe quarterback. But I mean, you're, you're gonna need offensive line, defensive line, and linebackers. You're gonna need a bunch of them, not mm-hmm. one or two, like four or five in some cases. You're gonna need a bunch, and so you got to win December. This everything Auburn does moving forward, and this all started yesterday. Started on Halloween, which is great. You got to get the ball rolling to set yourself up to win in December. And a lot of things are already happening, right? Auburn's NIL movement on to victory, that collective, is ramping up. Got a reported $11 million just sitting there ready to absolutely empty the bank to get some guys on campus in December. It's huge. It's absolutely huge because you need it. And from a transfer portal standpoint and just getting recruits that are ready to play as, as freshmen, which probably won't be many, but you're going to need some of those for whoever takes over, whether it's a Lane Kiffin, whether it's a Deion Sanders, whether it's a Hugh Freeze, a Jeff Grimes, I, I don't care who it is, Matt Rule. It doesn't matter. 
You've got to put yourself in a situation to win in December. And the next thing that Auburn needs to do is get this thing lined up and pull the trigger. And if you got to wait for somebody to end their season somewhere else, I get it. I totally get it. With the exception of Matt Rule, you're going to have to probably wait for that to happen. But just get it ready. Get everything in place. Dot your I's, cross your T's, and then put yourself in a situation where within 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours after the Iron Bowl, you're ready to put somebody in place and get going. My dream scenario is the players get back from Tuscaloosa and who is waiting for them at the football facility but their new head coach. Dream scenario. I mean, tell the players on the plane or on the bus. I don't. I, I assume they probably drive to that. I don't know. But tell the players en route when they get there, their new head coach is there. Have him there. You have time. This is right now considered to be the most prestigious of all of the openings. Um, and like you said, even though most of these guys can't start immediately with the exception of Matt Rule, uh, it's, it's a scenario where you can do everything else. You can get your background checks done. You can do everything and be ready to go. Yep. And the question is, we saw how the athletic director search went where it seemingly was narrowing down to two people. And then kind of the last week it varied out and shot out some different directions, ended up with John Cohen. Is this something where Auburn can be decisive with their next hire? I don't know, but I, like you said, I really want them to because we've got to be ready to hit the ground running as soon as possible when the season's over. Hey, this news breaking as we're recording this Monday afternoon, uh, Justin Hokinson reporting that the Boise state crew of Brad LaRondo, Eric Kiesau, Darren Usher and Brad Bedell have all been fired. So we're looking at a totally different coaching staff moving forward. Brian Harson is out and all of the folks that were extremely loyal to him. And he was loyal in return and from that Boise trip over to Auburn. Um, it's gone. And so um, a lot of folks had different names for them. Whatever you want to say, they are out. And so Auburn can move forward and they'll do that with Cadillac leading the way. And we'll talk about some of what that means in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan's are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, Lindsay, it has to be Auburn letting go of Brian Harson. It has to be. I I think the moving truck that was seen outside of the football facility, it probably has a Nissan engine. I'm going to assume it does. So let's tie that back together. But that's the thrilling moment for the fan base, right? It doesn't matter what we did last Saturday or what we do this Saturday. The thrilling moment, the thing that made November worth it was letting Brian Harson go. <laughs> right. And it gives you hope for the fan base moving forward, just like um, Nissan. Shout out to Nissan. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs Featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today 
That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsey Crosby. I mean, the energy around the Auburn fan base with the announcement of Cadillac Williams is electric. I know they're on the road in Starkville this weekend, but when they return and host Texas A&M, 6.30 game, when they announce him in front of Jordan-Hare Stadium that he is the head coach, the place is going to go crazy. It's going to be awesome. It's going to absolutely erupt. And uh, I I did a little bit of digging right before we got on the podcast. Uh, Auburn, like if you go out and you look at a list of Auburn Tiger head football coaches and you go find photos and things like that, I am 95% sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, leave it in the comments or tweet us, I'm 95% sure that Cadillac Williams would be the first African-American head coach at Auburn. I think he, I think he is. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it's something where, and I think right now he'd be the only one in the SEC. And so um, that's, I mean, that's noteworthy. And I find it interesting that nobody's really mentioned that yet. And granted by Monday night, that may be out. That may be a common talking point, but as a time that we record, we haven't seen that yet. But that stadium is going to be so incredibly loud. There are, I mean, I obviously, I write for Robert Daly. I also host a baseball podcast. And I was on my baseball podcast Twitter account. And there were national baseball writers who were like, oh man, Cadillac Williams. I remember Cadillac watching him when I was a kid. Like, this is a story that's bigger than just Auburn. This is a, Cadillac Williams was a national, like, touchstone thing for a lot of people in their youth so it's really great that he's getting the opportunity um i'm excited to see what he's going to look like and what his his team's going to look like how they're going to be different from a brian harson team yeah and you and i were joking about this before i forgot who tweeted it but apparently there were auburn players yelling we're going to run the ball all day which is exciting when you look at auburn stable of backs i think we all need uh we all agree that tank jarquez and damari all need more touches and so Mm -hmm. that'll um That'll be fun to see. Put them all in the field at once. Let's just go for it. I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> Nothing else seems to be working consistently. But I, I, I think um, I do have questions, right? Like, we, we were all playing this game as soon as Brian Harson was on the hot seat, right? It's like, well, who, who takes over? And Cadillac was never really one that I thought made a ton of sense. Like, the energy is absolutely there. But I am curious to see what he's going to bring as a head coach over these final few games of the year outside of energy. Um, I especially, especially with like the offensive coordinator being let go. Yeah. I had assumed it was going to be Zach Etheridge. And I think part of that is because he was the assistant head coach, like in the, the, mm-hmm. the, the hierarchy and everything. But when I kind of go back and I pulled up that same Justin Hokuson tweet that you talked about, Jeff Schmetting is still like reported to be working at Auburn. So I can see a scenario where they elevated Cadillac so that Cadillac can call plays rather than elevating Etheridge because you had to play Calder on the defensive side and Schmetting sticking around. So, sure. you know, I can see a scenario where they're like, okay, this is why we're doing this, but it's just, it's interesting. You have to it change the intro to the podcast now. Oh no, we do. Brad LaRondo is still in this talking about chicken parms. Was today the last time we hear Brad say that? I guess it is. I guess it is. RIP to the... Uh, to Brad LaRondo's chicken What an era. What an era. What a fun night that was, chicken parm night. Oh, well. Tons of fun. Oh, well. That legit made me a little sad. Oh, well. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see what all happens with that. And also what happens with recruiting, right? Because I mean, it seems like, it seems like Cadillac and Etheridge were the two that like, were still recruiting the hardest. Right. And mm-hmm. so maybe also giving him that tag one makes it more likely that he sticks around, which I think most Auburn people would be cool with, but mm-hmm. also it gives him a little bit more of a punch as far as like finishing out this class. So the thing is goes back to last segment, right? When we were talking about setting up, setting yourself up to win in December mm-hmm. and a little more cachet. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and that was one of the arguments that we made for Etheridge, I believe. I don't know if I had that conversation with you or somebody else, but you know, may, maybe it kind of adds more punch if you would have given Zach Etheridge that. Um, the same argument can be made for uh, for Cadillac. So perhaps that's one of the reasons too. And when we talk about recruiting, it is important to point out uh, Auburn did have a decommitment after the Brian Harson news. Janoris Wilson, the offensive line recruit, the three-star out of Florida, I believe, said he is decommitting from Auburn University. Recruitment is 1,000% back open. Yeah, That's the, not how percentages work. No, okay. It's open 10 times, Lindsay. Yes. It's open 10 times. And he that that's an issue because... He's really the only true tackle, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these other guys, like maybe they could have the floor of being a right tackle, but like probably not. He, he probably was a tackle. And so that stinks. But also just glass half full way of looking at this. You're going to have to get a tackle and transfer portal anyway. You have to. You <laughs> at least have one. To. You have to. I don't like, I mean, even if they haven't played before, like, you've got to get somebody. So yeah. um, that doesn't have the body of like a freshman. Like you have to have somebody that's been in a college weight room for two or three years, or it's just not going to work. Um, so once again, I think that's why Lane Kiffin makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just bring I'm, the whole offensive line and the running back with you. Bring Judkins with you too. Yeah. Judkins, you wanted to come to Auburn. Like, come on, come on. Goodness We'd love to have you now. NIL wants to talk to you, buddy. Yeah. We, we would have loved to have you before too, but oh well, whatever. Some people who will not be named anymore. Yeah. I just didn't. How can you watch that kid and he not be a take? Like, that is just the most ridiculous. And you didn't have a full class. Like, what's Yeah, it would have been one thing if you had to bump somebody out of the class to make room for him and you were like, we're not going to do that. You had open spots. You were trying to hand out yeah. scholarships to walk-ons in the spring. You were like, which, which walk-ons want scholarships? You had multiple different days where you gave a walk-on a scholarship. And all that's great. But like that does that's not winning you anything. And so we'll um we'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely get a culture shift for sure. All right. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Sweatblock. They have a customer named Mike. He left a review. Mike is a Vegas resort concierge, and he was sweating through a suit coat on the job in less than an hour into a shift. Not anymore, thanks to Sweatblock. Sweatblock saved. Mike's career, Lindsay. I mean, you, you talk about life-changing products, Sweatblock, here we go. Um, Sweatblock wipes, they're a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation or a hot date. Everyone can benefit from Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing excessive sweating or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months 
or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsay, something that I thought was pretty wild, and we mm-hmm. saw a version of this, a less official version of this with Landon King when he entered the portal, and he was like, I want to thank Gus Malzahn and Auburn, but didn't mention Brian Harson by name. Uh, this is the release that Auburn sent out, the official release. I also haven't pulled up, too, because I wanted to do this, too, if you didn't do it. Yeah. Auburn University has decided to make a change in the leadership of the Auburn University football program. President Roberts made the decision after a thorough review and evaluation of all aspects of the football program. Auburn will begin an immediate search for a coach that will return the Auburn football program to a place where it's consistently competing at the highest levels and representing the winning tradition that is Auburn football. What is not in that? Uh, A person's name. Other than President Roberts. Other than President Roberts, yeah. There's not a mention of who were you changing the coaching from. How does this get ugly? Does Harson clap back at all? Can he? I'm sorry. Who? I don't I don't know who she is. Who are you? Okay. Um I <laughs> he, think that, he who shall not be named, yeah. Evidently. I think that you'll probably if I'm Brian Harson, I'm waiting 30 days for that first half of the buyout to come before I do anything. I mean, this man's got what, $12 million in this buyout. So 6 million is due within 30 days. I'm waiting that 30 days before I say anything. Now, I mean, knowing, knowing what we've seen from Brian Harson over almost two years, his first interview is probably with a national ESPN reporter. uh, And he probably talks about the difficulties of trying to recruit to this program and this university and, you know, coming in during COVID and things like that. I'd like to think he's not going to be in a position to trash the university or the program. I will say that a lot of the stuff that happened in February, from what I understand, they kind of took it personal. And I get that. His, How I mean, could his, you not? Dude? He was questioned. His family was questioned. 100%. But I'll also kind of make an observation, and I'm doing this from the outside, but the Harson family never really seemed to try to embrace Auburn like a lot of people do. There's a kind of a saying that people around here have. It's, you know, you love Auburn, Auburn will love you back. And you saw it with Christy Malzahn. You saw, you see it with, with, uh, with Bruce Pearl's wife. I mean, she, she owns a business in town. You see it with a lot of, of coaches and families and things like that. And you never really saw any of that from the Harsons. Mm -hmm. And so, I think like it didn't work out. I don't know if it was going to because I don't know if they were open to it or not. Yeah, right. Right. And, and there were moments where like it seemed like he was really happy to be here and he wanted to be here, but just I big think, picture, it didn't really seem like it was always a long-term play, unfortunately. I think the idea of competing for championships was alluring. It was the idea of, well, I can leave Boise and I can go compete for a national, like on the national stage for a national championship. And then when he actually got here and you see what all is involved with doing that and how little of that is actually coaching, that can can turn a lot of people off. And I think that's like the biggest thing that people don't understand about 
the SEC and about coaching in like coaching at Auburn, coaching at Alabama or anywhere else is it's so little of it is determined by what happens on the field. Yeah. And there's a chance he like ends up at a Colorado or an Arizona state, but I still think P five, like you're going to have to do that anywhere. Um, but like we, we saw him how obviously have success at Boise. We saw him have success at Arkansas state. Like some of these G five programs where you can be, you know, the top of the Mac or the top of the Sun Belt or something like that. I, I think, I think he could be really good for a program at yeah. that level, and I think he could be really good for a P five program. He's just gonna have to adjust what he's done, and you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe this whole Auburn thing for him that is experience. Maybe he can learn from it and go to a Colorado or an Arizona State and learn like, oh yeah, the boosters may be asking too much, but like. Maybe I should answer their calls because they're donating millions of dollars to my program. Like may- they're, maybe, they're maybe I should the do facility that. I'm in. Yeah. And yeah maybe I, mean, I should do that. And, and like, is that right? Is that fair? I don't know. I don't know. But like, I, I just know like with any kind of business and it's not that kind of a business, but when you have big clients, which is where your money comes from, you need to be nice to them and you need to partner with, you don't have to like them, right? You don't have to agree on everything. But you got to have a relationship, and so like that, that that was part of it. And then also, you got to do the job, and, and he didn't do the job, which is which is a shame. Yeah, and this I, I'm not saying this is the end of Brian Harson's career. I mean, we talked in the in the first segment about Lane Kiffin being an option to come to Auburn. If you looked at Lane Kiffin immediately after he left Tennessee, or immediately after he left USC, you would think there is no way this man can work in the SEC and be successful. So there is plenty of time. Brian Harson is plenty young. There's plenty of time. And he has a long runway sure. financially to figure out and rebuild and kind of get his career back on the track that he wants. But it just, if he recruited more, if he was, if he was putting in the work recruiting, I don't necessarily think that he would have been fired with three weeks to go in the season. I mean, yeah, it's, there was just no hope of future, right? Yeah. Like, what what are we what are we fighting for here? So, yeah, like, we'll see. The, we'll see. We'll see what the happens. performances aren't good, and the recruiting's not good, and the discipline's not good, and like it's just there's there was nothing that we came out of this better than when we started. No, not one aspect of it. The only one that you could argue is nil because nil didn't exist <laughs> before yeah. he came in. And yeah, from what we understand, that's not Harson. <laughs> Uh, that's correct. He is not, he's not a huge fan of NIL. And so, I mean, even that's something that was done outside of him. So you, you could argue done despite him. So I'm not, this is the last time I'm going to talk about Brian Harson for a while. I mean, Thank Auburn's you. going to learn lessons. We're going to kind of have a postmortem and we're going to figure out, okay, where did this go wrong? What do we need to look for in the interviews and what kind of person are we going to hire that can correct some of these deficiencies? Um, I don't expect from everything I've seen, I don't expect them to make this mistake again. And you, I'm you excited get one, to see who it's going to be. Lindsay, you get one call, unlimited money. Who are you calling? One call, unlimited money. Lane Kiffin. He's not been anywhere more than three years, but you know what? In three years, this program will be better than it was when he get when he gets here. Yeah, maybe maybe you hire a coordinator that's there with them all three years, and they can step in, and it's like all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like you got something going here. Um, or, I mean, nobody's left Auburn for a better job. So, I, I don't know what else for, you would leave uh, for. Except for Derek Mason going to Oklahoma State. Gosh. <laughs> Leaving that alone. 
Lindsay, how can people find you, hear you, love you, all that stuff? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. My show, Locked at MLB Prospects, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. You can find the writing at auburndaily.com. Tons of stuff dropped yesterday. And the merch at aushirts.com. You can find my written work at auburndaily.com as well. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day.